It's Monday the 30th of August 2021. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. My guest this week is the Ruv broadcast journalist Valker Örn Ragnarsson. Welcome to you. Thank you. Um, KSI, the Football Association of Iceland, is in trouble. Its chair, Gvudni Bergson, has stepped down and other board members have also considered quitting over allegations of sexual abuse against current and former members of the senior national men's football team. And crucially also, how the allegations were dealt with. Iceland has suffered three COVID deaths in one week, bringing the total death toll of the pandemic to 33 people so far. At the same time, the infection rate and the number of people in hospital have been have been dropping and some anti-contagion rules were relaxed over the weekend. A man armed with at least two guns started shooting on a residential street in Eilstade last week um, and he was eventually shot by police and flown to hospital in Reykjavik. Nobody else was hurt. With election season well underway, opinion polls are coming thick and fast, and the latest predicts a record nine parties could secure more than 5% of the vote that that is required to gain seats in Althingi. In other news, air traffic controllers have signed a deal with eSavia that averts planned strike action that was set to ground flights tomorrow and on Friday. The head of the Traffic Controllers Union Association says his says he hopes his members will vote in favour of the deal. With the doors to Afghanistan almost literally closing at the moment, Iceland's offer to welcome up to 120 people fleeing the Taliban has fallen well short so far. Two families arrived in the country on Friday and the foreign ministry was aware of four more individuals en route. Early Taliban promises to allow people to board flights appear to have come to nothing, with reports of Afghans with valid travel documents being forcibly ejected from the airport. No further flights from Kabul are planned, and those with passage to Iceland are advised to wait for now. And finally, the Central Bank of Iceland surprised many analysts by raising interest rates last week. The move signifies both confidence in the Icelandic economic recovery um, and a desire to slow down the rapid rise in house prices. So, where would you like to begin? You. Well, what do you want to discuss? <laughs> oh, well, I think maybe the biggest story of the day, uh, and we never usually really cover sport on this programme, but, mm. I mean, the football story is so much more than sport, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's it's uh, it's a major story. Uh, there, there have been allegations on the Football Association that they have not dealt with uh, stories of uh, of violence, sexual violence, uh, well enough. And uh, it turns out that the, the chairman, Guðni Bergsson, uh, had to resign yesterday after, after they had long meetings the whole weekend. And uh, I, th- I think this is going to... Uh, the, the, the case has not unraveled fully. Um, it has been a little bit sort of snippets here and there of information and, and yeah, sort of yeah. added together to create yeah. this quite dark picture. Exactly. Uh, what started this uh, storm was that Guðni went on Kastljós uh, TV interview last week and said that the FA was not uh, aware of, uh, that they did not know of uh stories or complaints about uh, footballers about players playing for the national team uh, the day after uh, a woman uh, was interviewed by roof 
where she told that uh, one of the players had assaulted her, accepted responsibility, and uh, they settled the, their case out of court. But she was uh, not happy that the FA was acting like this never happened. Mm. And then the apology for that was not well received. It was not well received because I, I think there's a lack of trust. Uh, the society has no tolerance for someone who is perceived to be covering up something in of, of in this manner, uh, serious allegations, serious crimes, sexual assaults. Mm. Uh, there is no tolerance for any perception of, of a cover-up or, or not dealing with it accordingly. Because the apology was, was I'm rewording it slightly, but was kind of, oh, oh that. Mm, mm-hmm. I didn't realise that was sexual assault. I thought mm-hmm. it was just assault, mm-hmm. which isn't perhaps doesn't really stand up to much scrutiny in, in that case. No, it did not. And the board, after after they had meetings the whole weekend, Gwyneth uh, Bergson was, uh, he decided to resign and the board uh, uh, agreed with that, that he had to go mm. because uh, he had lost trust. The football association has lost trust because of uh, how they uh, dealt with his matters. Mm. It is um, It's definitely two different stories, isn't it? Because sexual abuse involving professional sports players is one thing. It's always shocking. It's never acceptable. But it's something that perhaps you can understand has happened Mm-hmm. And then the response to that is a different story of, I mean, if we've learned anything since the Me Too movement started, it's like people have to come forward and say we're taking it seriously, we're mm-hmm. going to do something about mm-hmm. it, and that doesn't seem to have happened here. Mm-hmm. And there, there, a few weeks ago, uh, a, a woman wrote an article where she about allegations uh, on professional football players and the FA... They wrote a statement where they basically denied the whole thing. And yesterday they admitted that their response to her article uh, was not good. Mm. And uh, again, the perception is I really don't know what happened because uh, the case has not unraveled fully yet. But the perception is among people that there is a cover up there. Mm. Yeah, and it seems to, as far as we know, it seems to involve multiple players over a long period of time Mm. in Mm -hmm. different unrelated incidents that perhaps just weren't dealt with um, Yeah, because people want the best players on the field. Mm. Uh, But that's not a good enough excuse. (laughs) No, that's not a good enough excuse, not at all. But I have a feeling that this case will go on. We will hear probably more stories uh, about similar matters. I I really don't know any stories, but uh, we know that once uh, once these uh, uh, stories gain traction, if I may say so, uh, others follow and we we hear more. Mm. And uh, generally people think it was the right thing for Guðni Bergson to resign. uh, to build up trust, to, but uh, there's a long way ahead for for the uh, football association. Mm. Now it's 
unclear, I think, that the relationship to, of this story to the very high-profile case about a month ago of, of Gilby Thor Sjöson in England, um, who is not training or playing with Everton right now over mm. sexual abuse claims and an investigation. This clearly plays into that somehow, but mm. it's not immediately clear how, and, and 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 obviously it's also not clear which other players are involved in this. Mm-hmm. Scandal, if we can call it that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There was a press conference uh, when the the manager of the Icelandic men's team uh, selected their team uh, last week, and a lot of people were very interested to hear from the manager or from from the football association if they had been any in any contact with the player, if they had heard anything from them, and it was at the time a bit a bit of a heated press conference um, these questions uh, they they surely could expect them but um, they did not really like answering them they, they said we are the managers we we deal with the football side of things yeah, uh, these are questions for the board mm-hmm. about uh, how the football association is in any contact or what they are doing with this case it's uh, since that story broke uh, six weeks ago or something, there has been very little added to it. Uh, he has not commented on it, and people know nothing more about the police investigation or what what exactly they are investigating since then. And I think it's quite unusual. Uh, uh, because he, he's a high-profile profile individual. Mm. What? Well, yeah, I mean, probably the most current high-profile player at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, very quickly before we move on. First of all, any? I, I think it's a very minor thing to mention actually. The, the upcoming three qualifiers for the World Cup. Um, in the big scheme of things, against these alleged crimes, it's a small point. But how is this going to affect the game? Uh, the team's preparation for that. Um, it's clearly under a big shadow. That's not going to be a positive influence. No. Well, as a as an Icelandic football supporter, I hope uh, the team will uh, play good games. But uh, you you have to assume that this will affect this storm that has happened in the last f- few days and few weeks. That it would happen. Uh, it would have uh, inf- influenced the players. Definitely. Mm. And, secondly, and the managers. Yeah. And then secondly, the future of the Football Association itself. Currently, there's a 14 to 2 male-female ratio on the board. Mm-hmm. And the next election to the board is in February. Mm-hmm. Do you think it will have an effect to increase the female representation on the board? I would suspect so, yeah. I, I, th- I think so. But uh, the, the clubs, they... Uh, well, the candidates they are usually from uh, from from clubs. So yeah, but I would suspect so that uh, you would try to have a a more gender equal board. Mm. I mean, the female members on the board say they've been campaigning for this for years, mm-hmm. and it hasn't made a difference. But something this high profile, it might be the kick they need. Yeah, I I think so. Anything else to add, or should we move on? We should move on. Okay, what's next? Um, obviously, there's always COVID. Um, there was the shooting incident, elections. I mean, you're working very 
prominently on the elections. You're heading up the team, right? Yeah, that's right. So the... Uh, the roof team, I should say, yeah, not the, the political team. team. No, yeah. uh, the roof team. Uh, uh, yeah, the the election campaign is is starting. Uh, the the parties are introducing their policy for the, for next month's elections, and there is a stark difference between how they want to tackle the main crisis. Uh, well, there are there are nine. There there are ten parties that are that are running for the election as of now, but uh, they, there might be more. Mm. And I think the last week was the first big week of the, uh, of the election campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow, on, on Tuesday night, uh, all of the uh, 10, uh, what, what, what should I say, chairmen of the political parties that are running for election uh, will be on a, a, a debate show in on roof uh, TV show at at uh, yeah so that will be interesting to see that is the big first uh, big broadcast where all the candidates line up together and and debate on 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 policy from a broadcaster's point of view that's going to be quite a challenge with ten political leaders at the same time it's the biggest such debate so far. Yeah, keeping them under control. Yeah, of course. Uh, for for the viewers, probably to uh, 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 to know which party they want to vote. There are so many voices, but that's democracy. Uh, there are there are ten parties that are running, and nine of them, according to the latest poll, would get elected to parliament. So uh, so there are diverse opinions on on which way to go forward. Mm. What does it practically mean having so many different parties in the in the running this time round? I mean, the head of the um, polls so far, almost unanimously, is Sjöfstedisflokkurinn, mm-hmm. the Independence Party, mm-hmm. um, and the gap to the second place party seems to be quite big this time round, mm-hmm. according to the polls. Mm-hmm. Is that something to do with the number of parties that are running? Is, is perhaps the, the vote on the left more split than usual, or uh, or not? Because there's there's multiple right wing parties too. Yeah, historically, Socialist uh, the Independence Party, has uh, been the largest party. Uh, I think in almost every election. Uh, so that is uh, that the fact that he is the most popular party is is nothing new. But uh, a few decades ago, they they're. They were gaining around forty percent of the vote, but that is not the case today. We have uh, multiple parties that uh, uh, are center or left to the middle, some some or, 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 or left or right to the middle, mm-hmm. uh, and so there are many parties who are campaigning on similar promises, but not not entirely the same. So there is a lot of competition. Uh, for for the vote, yeah. If mm. you, if, if you tend to vote right or conservative parties, you have multiple choices. The same with the left. Um, it will be interesting to see if if the current government will have a majority after the election. Uh, this poll suggests that it's very slim, and. Uh, 
Katrín Jakobsdóttir, the Prime Minister, her party, the, the Left Greens, they are, they are not scoring great in the polls, mm. but uh, the Centre Party, Framsóknarflokkurinn, the Progressive Party, you have to excuse me, I, I don't know the English names for these parties. Progressive Party. <laughs> progressive mm. Party. Mm. Yeah, they are doing uh, quite well in the polls, so it's not easy to see who will lead the government or which government, which parties will form a government mm. after the election. Uh, uh, it might take a few weeks. Yeah, and quite crucial timing for that as well. I assume the big election issue is probably COVID and economic recovery, mm -hmm. um, among others. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, did, is it like, will Iceland be cri crippled politically for those few weeks that it takes to form a new government? Because it's a really important time at the moment. Well, the 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 cliche is that a week is a long time in politics. So a month is mm. an even longer time. <laughs> but it's it's very hard to uh, foresee the future about this. Uh, it things can change rapidly. As I said earlier, last week was the first week where the parties are really introducing their policy. So I think uh, many people who are interested in politics are, will be excited to see new polls if, if there are any major uh, changes in, yeah, in who gets the most votes. Mm. And tomorrow night's going to be important in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And Room English will, of course, be writing about the debate um, probably the day after, but we'll give you a good mm -hmm. summary. Um, okay. Anything else to add or move on to the next topic? Just move on. Move on. What's next? What's What piques your interest the most? Well, in my work, I'm covering the, the, the elections, but we have already kind of discussed that. But there have been some, some quite shocking news uh, in Iceland uh, this week. The, the gunman in Eirstadir, which is a a very small and friendly town, which uh, most of the days law enforcement officers uh, don't deal with uh, very serious issues, fortunately. But uh, last week there was a gunman uh, on, a, on a rampage, if you may say so, who was shooting at houses and, and not uh, willing to give up, according to uh, the police. Mm. And... Uh, they shot him. Uh, he survived. He's he's in a hospital, but it's very very uncommon that a that a police that uh, a man gets shot by the police. It happened last uh, the last time I, I know of was eight years ago or something. So it's very rare. And this kind of incident of a man out in the residential street shooting at houses—that's all. I don't think that's happened before. It's, yeah, it's almost unheard of. Mm. Yeah, he's shooting at houses uh, uh, in the middle of the night in a very small and quiet town. A little bit similar to that horrible events a few weeks ago in the UK, um, mm. where that person did mm -hmm. something similar, yeah. um, killed a lot of people. Yeah. This wasn't the case here. Yeah, but fortunately, uh, no one was injured. Well, except the, the gunman himself, but... Mm. No civilians were were injured, nor the police. Mm. So, some interesting things about we don't know much about what happened there, but one of them was that it's not his street. 
So he wasn't coming out of his house and doing this. He'd mm. gone to somebody else's house. Mm -hmm. So maybe there was some revenge or something. I don't know. Um, that's an interesting point. The other point was it was wasn't a special um, special forces police officer, I believe. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not really sure uh, about that. But usually, w when there's an armed per s uh, armed suspect, the special forces are called upon. Mm. And uh, I don't know really uh, much about the details, but yes, uh, probably a, a special forces uh, police officer shot the man. Okay, yeah, that's what you'd hope for at least. Um, and it seems that they did the job that they were there to do, um, bring the man down without killing him. Uh, hopefully he'll be yeah. okay and be able to face charges. Um, yeah, there was uh, news yesterday that the uh, suspect is, is uh, still in hospital, but he is recovering. Yeah, which is good, obviously. Um, yeah, overall, for this sort of incident, obviously it's very scary, very upsetting, very bad. It seems like it worked out as well as it could have done, especially in a in a small town in the east of the country mm -hmm. where, as you say, the police are not prepared for this. Mm -hmm. the, the, the police does not carry weapons. Mm. And, well, it was, of course, very tragic that the man was shot. Uh, everybody would have preferred that the, the matter would have been resolved in a different way, that he would have surrendered or or not go on a shooting rampage to begin with. But yeah, uh, he was not, he, he is alive and, and probably, yeah, that is good news. Mm. And there hasn't been any complaints or suspicion of police wrongdoing so far, because obviously all major incidents like this go to the district prosecutor for investigation, yeah, the, uh, as a matter of course. Yeah, the police say they followed procedures, uh, but uh, that will be uh, there will be an investigation of course into the conduct of the, of the gunman mm -hmm. and also how the police or, or the special forces handled the situation if 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 they there will be an investigation if they did the right thing or if they could have done it differently of course mm. um before we run out of time we should probably touch at least one of the perennial topics um covid in this case there's nothing about the volcano this week, <laughs> but COVID is still there. Um, three deaths in one week is obviously not good, um, but at the same time, the infection rate is going down. Yeah, uh, the infection rates are slowly but surely going down, uh, the experts say. There was a big story on CNN this week about uh, where, where the main headline was that there have been zero deaths in this wave because of high vaccination rates. But unfortunately, uh, three uh, people have died since then. Mm. And uh, yeah, one of them was not vaccinated at least, but uh, the hospital does not give any information on, on, on the patients, on their, if they had prior health conditions or anything like that or so. It's, we cannot speculate anything on that because we don't know. We do know that two of them were, at least two of them, were foreign tourists, which is interesting at least, mm. uh, perhaps not specifically relevant and doesn't change the facts. But So they were presumably fully vaccinated, those two, to be 
It seems likely. I, I actually don't have that information. Mm. Um, the next steps, it's kind of bad timing there that these fatalities have been occurring because the rules were slightly relaxed uh, as of midnight on Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, not significantly, though. We've still got the same opening hours of bars, the 200 people mm -hmm. limit. Um, but what was it? Uh, the one meter rule in theatres has been removed. They can sell refreshments in the interval. Yeah, gyms and swimming pools can be open at full capacity. Yeah. It's. I think many people have a quite hard time following up with these constant regulation changes. But there has been a, a a big discussion in Iceland because the schools opened up last week, that uh, infections will go up. Uh, and people have to quarantine in, well, they will have a negative impact on society mm. because parents will have to quarantine with their kids. And we are seeing already uh, that some schools, uh, in some schools, there are uh, there are cases and 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 uh, children and and in some cases their parents have had to quarantine. Mm. Yeah, that was. I think to be expected from from the get go. Um, yeah, the vaccination of twelve to fifteen year olds is is going well though. Mm -hmm. um, what was it up to sixty percent? I think already, in, mm -hmm. just in that week or those few days that they were open for vaccinations. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, at least three weeks has to pass between shots, so they're not fully protected yet. Um, but you'd hope that that will have a positive influence. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hope so. I think Icelanders in generally are are open to vaccination they are, well of course there are some people who are skeptical but the vast majority uh, gets vaccinated mm. um what's the what's the next step do you think i personally i can't see unless something big happens i can't see us taking a step back towards stricter restrictions um but as thorova says maybe we could get a new variant in the yeah country of course it's very hard to uh, to foresee the future on that. When I got my second uh, vaccine in the summer, I did not foresee that I would have to quarantine for a week, a few weeks later, because, yeah, I thought, uh, prob probably me as most of the people thought, well, COVID in Iceland is, is over, no restrictions, let's get on with life. Mm. But thousands of people have since had to quarantine and, and uh, a few hundred have been infected, so yeah. it's yeah maybe new variants. Uh, I have simply no idea what will happen. I mm. hope we will learn to uh, we can ease the restrictions and and get on with life. But who knows? Mm. And is it a big political issue for the election? Mm. Well, the, the state of the the hospital and its capaci capacity to, uh, well, how do you say, deal with patients, uh, that is a big political issue. But uh, but uh, the rules, not yet, the, the quarantine rules have not yet been a, a very uh, big, there has not been a, a great debate on that yet. Mm. No, and it would be interesting to see if it comes up nearer the date um, mm -hmm. because there are obviously political differences in opinion on that overseas mm -hmm. uh, specifically in the US mm -hmm. it's been a big a big debate about mm -hmm. that uh, which we've escaped so far yeah. and for the sake of peace and and, and um, yeah. 
solidarity, it would be yeah. good to continue to avoid that. Yeah, the general consensus uh, during the whole pandemic has been to trust the experts and trust their advice. But, uh, of course, there are nuances in, in how the political parties want to deal with it, how, how to tackle the borders. But it's not, not yet been a, a major political debate in this uh, campaign. Mm. And there have been quite recently some cracks appearing within the government parties the coalition uh, that weren't there a year ago certainly mm. uh, so maybe from that point of view the, the timing of the election is quite good <laughs> yeah we don't know if if because there we don't know if it because there are coming up elections maybe the political parties they they want to show that despite the fact that the government is extending regulations they, that's not the future they foresee. Mm. I, th I think it's part of the political, uh, or part of the election campaign uh, that they are, you know, trying to let the voters know that this is not how they want to deal with it in the future. I, I, I think, well, again, the general consensus is we have to ease regulations, but uh, we, uh, we don't want to... Uh, do it unless it's well uh, responsible we want to do it in a responsible way yeah i think most people would agree with that mm -hmm. uh, certainly no one wants them to carry on forever uh -huh. no but at the same time yeah people are getting very tired of uh, of these covid regulations yep i think <laughs> me too <laughs> well um it has been a big week of news but our time is limited as ever i'm afraid and we've run out the Week in Iceland will be back next Monday, the 6th of September on roof.as forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook through the Roof app and your favourite podcast platform. That just leaves me to thank my guest today, Valger Ragnarsson, and also Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. Thank you. Um, at 7.40 this Friday evening on Roof TV, you can enjoy the 6th annual Classic in Ockar concert, or Our Classics, um, and the Icelandic Symphony Orchestra will be playing tunes chosen in a public vote. This year's concert is in collaboration with the National Theatre and the theme is show tunes. Uh, as a result of this, not specifically the show tunes part, but the orchestra part, um, I've decided to end the show with the Iceland Symphony Orchestra. And this is a recording with Gidi RN and Flóni. It's called Leitumig. Bye for now.
Sense of falsity, I'll let you know. 